Welcome to this episode of Energy Radio, a podcast by CEM Engineering with the goal of giving you the knowledge and the tools and the power to make decisions about your energy. Hey podcast listeners, Matt here. On this episode of Energy Radio, my colleague Natalie Tardif fills in for me and she sits down with Martin Lensing to chat about a paper issued in January of last year from the U.S. Department of Energy looking at the state of California's use of flexible CHP. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode of Energy Radio. Today I am sitting down with Martin Lensink and he is going to talk to me about a subject which I know nothing about and I think I should know something about, which is Flex CHP. So Martin, what is Flex CHP and why are you so pumped about it? Ah, great question, Natalie. Um, so uh, the background is that I fell in love with mid-size cogeneration in the late 80s when cogeneration was first allowed here in Ontario. I made it a career. I made small gas turbine cogen my career. And I've been worried lately that with all the emphasis on CO2 mitigation that the opportunity to keep doing what we love and what we're good at, namely mid-size cogeneration, high efficiency, maybe those years were coming to an end. Having said that, I've always known that what the Dutch have acknowledged decades ago, which is if there's a heat load, there should be a cogeneration system next to that heat load. Um, I'm really fired up by the fact that the um, U.S. Department of Energy, uh, especially for the state of California, but to a lesser extent the state of Texas, are now acknowledging that as renewables become a greater part of the mix, 20, 30, 40, as much as 50% of the mix, that in fact there is a role that in the past was played more by large gas turbines. Now they're acknowledging that mid-size high-efficiency cogen systems um, can play a really important role. So that's what I'm excited about. Now Flex CHP, so traditionally what we've done, Natalie, is um, we've, back in the late 80s and 90s and then again about 10 years ago when cogen took off again here in Ontario we've sized the cogen system thermally first of all how much thermal energy do we have to provide and then we've sized the electrical such that we are never exporting one kilowatt of surplus power so we're always we're doing pure behind the meter cogeneration we're never putting any excess kilowatts onto the grid Flex CHP, on the other hand, acknowledges that most of the great prime movers, gas turbines and engines, run well to about 50% of their rated capacity. Below that, they don't run very well. So what Flex CHP says is, size your cogen system so that when it's serving an industrial customer, it's running at about 60% of its capacity. But when we need you, Mr. Industrial CHP, especially as the sun starts to set and everybody's coming home from work and we need more and more power, that when the, when the power demand in the grid increases dramatically but the renewables aren't there to meet that load, that the CHP will then up, operate up to 100% of its capacity and contribute, say, 40% of its excess capacity to the grid when the grid wants it. So it's a cogeneration system that's flexible. It can, on the base, it's meeting the thermal needs of the, of the um, 
industrial customer, but when the grid needs it, it can ramp up and almost double its output. Mm. So it's providing multiple benefits, not only to the customer to help the industrial have cheaper electricity rates, but also it's helping the grid a lot. So it's really interesting to me that after decades, uh, many U.S. jurisdictions, and I hope the province of Ontario, which is also really getting tons of renewables, already has tons of renewables. Um, so there's a famous curve in the states that U.S. Department of Energy affectionately calls the duck curve, mm -hmm. where um, during the day from, say, sunrise to sunset, um, renewables are meeting a large part of the grid, or a part of the load, but at nighttime when the power loads really increase, everybody comes home from work, uh, cranks up the air conditioning for a couple of hours, and like in the state of California, on the duck curve, uh, the, lo the loads can increase by 10, 12,000 megawatts in just wow. a few hours. So the beautiful thing is that our cogent systems, which are already running, they don't have to start, they're already running. They simply crank up. Run more. And they run, run they produce more power. So, yeah, I'm just really excited about the fact that even though there's going to be in Ontario and Alberta and or Western Canada, pardon me, um, California, the state of Texas, there's lots and lots of renewables, tons of solar coming in, yet there still is where there's heat loads, thermal loads at industrial plants, big um, universities, there's still a role for high efficiency cogen when it can also help the grid. And wouldn't, but wouldn't uh, this have a lot of grid uh, considerations? I mean, to, to sell back onto the grid isn't exactly an easy thing, or not sell, but to give back onto the grid isn't yeah. an easy thing. So isn't there a lot more technical considerations on this kind of configuration? Yes. So in Ontario, especially where the grid was not ready for the Green Energy and Green Economy Act, when the Liberal government said we want thousands and thousands of megawatts of renewable, but the infrastructure wasn't ready for that. Yes, there, there will have to be a coordinated effort um, to upgrade facilities. For example, the province has already shown leadership on that when um, it was widely acknowledged that there could be a lot of wind power off of Lake Erie, out, out actually in the lake mm -hmm. and on the shore. Uh, the province of Ontario authorized a lot of money and the Kingsville transformer station was increased from 100 megawatts to 200 megawatts of capacity uh, just so that this, all the wind power could be taken away, you know, moved towards Windsor and Chatham. Um, we, we will need more of that kind of decisive leadership, yes. Mm -hmm. Having said that, there are parts of the province that can still accept some flex CHP. So the, the benefits are, are really multiple and we're just hoping that what the U U.S. Department of Energy, the state of California, the state of Texas, what they've acknowledged that in the next few months and the next year that the province of Ontario also acknowledges that. Mm -hmm. um, that Pickering is not the op only option, like you know, keeping it open. Um, we think Flex CHP can play a, a really key role. It can, it can provide voltage support uh, where need needed on the grid, especially at the end of long lines. Uh, it can provide very needed capacity mm -hmm. so the, the guy would get you know our industrial customers would get paid for the capacity they could contribute um, these cogens can offer frequency regulation and they can provide um, load balancing in the system mm -hmm. so they could provide the additional uh, reserves that the province needs 
So the cool, the really cool thing is that of the pro forma of the project would be strengthened by these additional benefits. So, um, yeah, we're we're really excited about Flex CHP. That's what I was just going to ask you. Was there has to be some major benefit for the industrial? So say say they only needed say a six megawatts to supply their load in their plant but they install a 10 megawatt system right there is a huge cost differential with that so there has to be some incentive or benefit for them to go those extra higher four megawatts because that's that's bigger that could potentially be a second turbine or you know more space and it's a a lot more capital intensive correct uh for example the state of california decided that they're willing to pay $50 per kilowatt hmm. of additional capacity per year. So they've come out already with what they want to offer people. Uh, the state of Texas is looking at what they want to pay. Uh, PJM, Pennsylvania, Jersey, Maryland, is already quantifying what those ancillary services like voltage support, um, uh, frequency regulation, what they're prepared to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So yes, it does, it does presume that uh, the benefits that Flex CHP offers the grid will be quantified and therefore uh, mm-hmm. revenues will be uh, accruing to the industrials, yes. Will the utilities give guaranteed contracts to the industrials, do you think? Like, a, you know, I will, I commit to purchasing X amount of kilowatts from you a year or something. I think it'll be through the ISO. The province mm-hmm. will make that commitment mm-hmm. um, through the ISO. Um, so our challenge now as a, as a Ontario CHP community is to ensure that leadership in Toronto, at the Ministry of Energy, at the Ontario Energy Board, at the ISO, that they take this very recent USDOE mm-hmm. paper mm-hmm. very, very seriously. That's our, our hope. Mm-hmm. Um, because we certainly have lots of case studies in Ontario where the province can say that this is truly what an industrial CHP system can do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also works for those plants who are islanded from the grid, right? I mean, they, they could they could be islanded, but they could also give back to the grid if they want to, right? Right, yeah. The, the resiliency thing is becoming so important. Um, I'm also learning it. That has a lot to do with, like, internet security, with, if you're able to operate for much of the year islanded. So, yeah, the, the, the key for us as, as thermal power specialists is to ensure that it can operate islanded when it needs to and it can contribute to the grid when the grid needs it when the grid needs it so yeah going forward the design challenges will be even greater Mm -hmm. Uh, but i'm really confident that with our 30 plus cogent installations that we've designed that we are we're up to that Well, thank you, Martin, for explaining uh, to me uh, what Flex CHP meant, because I've heard this term, I've heard you bounce around this term for the last few months, uh, but sheepishly not really knowing what that meant. Uh, so that's, it's really a neat concept. I, I'm keen to see what the, the government of Ontario does with this. Um, and yeah, a lot, of, a lot of neat things seem to be happening out of California, especially that Ontario likes to adopt. Um, so that's, uh, it's really neat. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the province of Ontario is willing to acknowledge what California's done. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really the key. Are we humble enough to say, like the, the USDOE study looks at thousands and thousands of real thermal sites. They've quantified how much of the problem going forward could be served by Flex CHP. 
it's a comprehensive study. Mm -hmm. um, this is not just kind of pie in the sky. They really analyzed it. Uh, and even the renewable energy community in California acknowledges that flex CHP is needed for when the wind and the sun yeah. can't meet the, yeah. meet the loads. Right. And, and as we well know, our cogent systems can respond very quickly. Right. They can respond much quicker than, say, 150 or 300 or 600 megawatt um, gas plant, of which mm -hmm. we have, say, 20 or 25 or 30 in Ontario. Our cogent systems uh, can respond much quicker than they are mm. if they're coming up to load. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's taken a long time to get the message out, but I'm, I'm really hopeful that um, the province of Ontario will take this USDOE study very seriously. Do you have any inkling that they have seen this study? That they Do you have any, um, you know, are we, are we as a firm going to do anything to help the government realize this study? So yeah, that's a good point. With the Ontario CHP Working Group, Ontario CHP mm -hmm. Consortium, um, certainly is very familiar with the paper, whether we've made any inroads with either the Ministry of Energy or the OEB or the ISO. Um, yeah, I, I need to talk to Richard, and we need we need to really get this in front of the right people. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to be given an opportunity to speak to it because I can certainly, with real examples, uh, you know, show in retrospect had had some of our systems that even the ones we're designing right now, whether what modifications that would be made to make that a flex CHP system. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to getting an opportunity to actually speak to it and um, augment. Know, the work that's being done in California with like an Ontario case study. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Energy Radio. For more information on CEM, look us up at cemeng.ca or find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. If this podcast brought you value, it would mean a great deal to us if you would share it with somebody else for whom energy is a challenge. Remember, we're all in this together as we search to manage our energy and environmental goals.